Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. Um, cool, thank you. Um, more, more importantly, can we stand up and give Jesus a 10 second praise break? Come on, one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Come on. That's what I'm saying. Better always be louder for him than it is for somebody like me, I tell you what. Oh, man. Well, thank you. Um, seriously, man. I'm going to celebrate somebody like me. You better celebrate him way more. Um, yeah, Micah. Okay, don't clap at that too loud, though. Uh, well, good morning. Um, Thank you for, for being here this morning. Um, man, I, I feel like I say this a lot, but I, I do appreciate when, um, you know, somebody still shows up when they know that I'm going to be preaching, so I really appreciate that. Um, but no, we're, uh, this morning, I'm just going to get right into, into scripture. Um, we're coming out of John 4, 1 through 26. All right, I know, 26 verses. I know. But his word is better than anything I could possibly say, um, so we're just going to read a, a big chunk here, okay? Yeah. Starting in verse 1, it says, Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria, for Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. And the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. She, man, clearly she understands what's going on. Um, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, 
But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. All right. We're just going to pray, and, um, and we'll, we'll keep going here. But Father God, thank you so much for another day, another hour, another opportunity to be found here in your house, Lord. God, I just pray that you would take this scripture, this, this portion that, that you have, have just spiritually ordained, Lord, that you've anointed for this moment, God, that you would just let it seep into our hearts, Lord. And God, that you would just let every word that comes from my mouth this morning, every word that you've given me to speak, just be straight from you, God. That you would just be touching our hearts this morning. God, we honor you and we glorify you, God. We pray this all in your name. Amen. All right. All right, so like I said, I know that that's a big hunk here. Um, We're just going to kind of go through here. Um, But whenever I I start to kind of go through the the process of preparing a sermon, um, what what I try to do is I just try to spend time with Jesus and pray and just seek him first and, and just really ask him, like, Lord, what do you want me to preach on? Um, what, what are you trying to relate to, to our people, to our house? Um, and, I, and I feel like most of the time through preparing a sermon, uh, when I'm asking him this, it ends up like the, the things that I research, the things that I go through, and, and when, even when, I, when I'm up here preaching, I feel like most of the time, you know, I am the one that he is speaking to more than anybody else. Like a lot of the times that's how I feel when I get done and I'm like, like, wow, Lord, you really are just like, I don't know if it's challenging anybody else, but it's at least like challenging me up here, um, which is, is great. I, I, really, I really love that. Um, but that is like, when I get started, that's like the, the thing that I am trying to, you know, go through and decipher is like, what, for our house specifically, what are you trying to say to, to us, like to our people, the people that are in this room? Like, that's why, you know, this morning, looking out and seeing you guys like, and just having this reassurance of like this word is for us that are here. Yeah. You know, like I just, I really, that just gives me a lot of confidence in, in what he does. Um, but yeah, just, I try to listen and, you know, sometimes I get like a, a scripture that he, I feel like he's giving me and I'm just like, yes, like let's go. Like, this is like, I, I'm vibing with what you're, with what you're trying to do. I feel like this is like what the, you know, I, I really am, I'm really feeling this, you know? And then other times like this week, uh, if I can just admit to you guys, you know, he gives me a scripture. Um, and I'm like, uh, you sure about that? 
like Tim, Tim Robinson, everybody knows Tim Robinson is like, eh, you sure about that? You know, like, like he wouldn't be sure, you know, like I'm like questioning if he's sure. Um, and not so much that like, you know, I, I'm assuming like he isn't sure about what he's given me, but more so just like how I feel about certain things, you know, like my humanness, you know, like I, I don't preach that often. Um, you know, like my place most Sundays is in the back of the room, um, you know, praying, pacing back and forth, prophesying. Um, I don't know why that is making me emotional, but it is. Um, but I love it. I, like that's, that's like, I mean, Matt and Adrian, like a while back, just like gave me a nickname of like Nightwatch. Like that is like, I, I like to be, I like to be in the back. Like I like to be praying over you guys and like, that's like my spot. Like I, I like that. Um, but you know, I am called as part of my my role here is that like, you know, I do get up here and preach. And you know, when when I have the opportunity to do that, like I'm still human. I still struggle with a little bit of pride from time to time. So like when I'm going through and I'm like, all right, Lord, like I want I want that word. Like I want I want that word that is just like that that powerful anointed, holy, like, oil dripping off it. Like, give me that word that, like, everybody's like, wow. Like, that's a, that's a great word, you know? And, you know, I just want it to be, like, that revelation that we all get, you know? And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I like to think that it's not a bad thing. Um, but it kind of depends on where your heart posture is when you're asking for that, you know? Like, I kind of had this moment where I was like, okay, do I want God to be glorified or do I want people to think like, man, Scott is just like holy, you know, like he's like a holy man. Like, look at that word that he's got, you know? So I, I, that's where like, sometimes I have to like, just being honest with you, continue to pray for me, pray for your pastors. Cause it's like, I'm still on a, the, the same sanctification process that you're on, like fighting those, those things where it's like, man, I, you know, i I want you to view me as being smart. You know, no, nobody wants nobody wants to like preach a message and it's like, man, that guy was kind of dumb. Like that was, you know, like that. But but at, most of all, I want the Lord to be glorified through the things that that I'm saying. Um, so, I was asking the Lord what He wanted me to preach on, and He gave me this scripture, and I was reading through it, and I was like, hmm, maybe this is like just a word for me to read. I'm going to get something like personal out of this and then he's going to give me something else to preach on. Um, because like the woman at the well, really like that, like that's what you want me to preach on. Like that's like throughout the history of the church that's been preached on millions of times. Like I feel like, I think I've preached on it before. Like I was like, why? Like this just doesn't, okay, you're going to give me something else. All right. That's cool. Like I'll read through this. I'll pray on it. You're going to give me something else. And I'm not proud of that response, okay? Like, I'm, that's, I've already established that. But the Lord in his mighty grace and wisdom, he kept just like pulling on my heart that like this was where I needed to come out of. This is what needed to be preached. And the way that he did that was by sticking one of these verses just like right in my brain, not letting me walk away from it. And it wasn't even the full verse. It was just the, the, four, the first four words that Jesus said to the, the Samaritan woman of, give me a drink. So give me a drink. 
That's what he says to her, just, just plain and simple, give me a drink. Doesn't ask, just says, give me a drink. And I just kept thinking, why? Like, why does Jesus ask or tell her, give me a drink? I couldn't shake that, that question, like, as much as I, I was like, okay, like, I'm going to get something else. Like, that was the thing that was sticking with me, is like, why, why is he saying, give me a drink to this woman? And not even from the perspective of, like, Jew to Samaritan, like, it says that in there, like, you know, I don't want to, I'm not going to dive, like, super deep into that, because clearly, there was and still is tension between these people groups, right? Like, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff going on. You can get super deep into why. Um, you know, I'll do a little sidebar here. I'm not going to get super deep, but like that would be reason enough for him to not even talk to her, to not ask her for a drink, right? Which that, that can be kind of crazy to us today. Like if you think about the, the area that this all takes place in and like just the, the geographical size of the, the area where this is located, okay? We're not even talking like Michigan to Ohio, like that size area, which <laughs> would be completely understandable. Can I get an amen? Ohio is the worst, all right? Uh, especially this week, all right? <laughs> Michigan versus Ohio State. If I was going through Ohio this week, I'd rather die of thirst than ask a Buckeye for a drink, okay? Okay, it's a joke. Can we, everybody just, we know he's not a Buckeye fan because he says to be sober and of sound mind. So, huh. <laughs> That's a joke, all right? But for real, it, it's not that, even that large of a region that we're talking about, okay? This region, I, trust me, I, I got into my study Bible. There's a little map, and it has the little, uh, what's, what's it called? Mm, legend, yes. The thing, the thing that shows you like the distance, and you got to measure it. I went through and I measured it because I was like, man, how, how big is this place? And I was like, man, that's really small. That is like really small. From the start of his journey in Judea up to Galilee, it is a very small area, okay? So that would be like for us if we were like, hey, let's go do ministry like up in Big Rapids, okay? So, and we're going to walk, obviously, because they walk everywhere. So we're going to go up there, but that's like, you know, 70, 80 miles. And we're going to make a pit stop, though, like in the middle, because obviously we're going to have to like get some, you know, some sustenance. We're going to have to like resupply some stuff. But we're going to stop in, in Howard City. Oh, gross, you know, like that's, that's Samaria. Like that's where we're stopping, okay? Um, I'm just, I'm joking, all right? But that, that's like the, the proximity here, okay? So like, just so we can get an idea, that's less than, than 50 miles from us. That's like, you know, 40-ish miles from here. And I, like, can you imagine having a group of people that like, you hate these people, they hate you, you guys have warred with each other forever, and they're like that close. And like, granted, again, you know, they're walking everywhere, so like, it seems, it seems like further away, but still, like, that's, that's like not very far away to, to have this. Like, and this was such a thing that if, if Jews were making this journey, because it's like right in the middle, it's like right on the main roadway, you'd have to go through Samaria, they would actually go around and take a longer route, cross over a river, go north, cross back over a river to get to where they want to go so they didn't have to go through this place, okay? Um, that's just like, that's Samaria, that's the distance, just for like some, 
reference here, okay? Because like, like I said, it's, that would be reason enough for him not to say anything to this woman is because there's just so much hatred between these two people groups that like the Jews are like, man, these people are unclean. They're nasty. We're not talking to them at all, okay? And it's like that small of an area. Anyway, si- sidebar over. That was like my little giving you some context here, okay? But aside from all of that, like the surface level, like he shouldn't even be talking to her because he shouldn't be there in the first place kind of thing. He should have just taken like the longer route, right? Besides like all that, why does he say, give me a drink to, to this woman at all? Like, is it because he was truly like physically thirsty? Like, I don't know, maybe. It says he's weird from his travels, right? But also, like, this wouldn't be, normally, this wouldn't be the time of the day where anybody would be drawing water anyways, right? It says that it's around the sixth hour, so that's like noonday, all right? That's the, the hottest point of the day when the water is going to be, like, the warmest temperature it gets all day. So, like, you know, dude, unless you're Matt, who likes to drink warm soda, okay? Nobody wants to, to, to pull from that well, all right? Nobody wants to pull from that well. So, like, back in those days, like, people would get up early and go to the well, or they'd come late and, and go to the well so they could get water. They'd put it in these, these clay jars so that it would stay cool the whole day, right? So, you know, maybe because they were traveling, they didn't, like, plan out their water rations very well. You know, it is a bunch of dudes. Maybe they didn't plan super great, and they ran out of water before they got there. So Jesus is, like, truly, like, physically thirsty. Like, they're canteens are all empty and whatever. Like, he just needs some water, right? That could be. Or maybe this was just an easy way for Jesus to start a conversation with this woman, you know? Like, he knows culturally that he shouldn't be talking to her anyways. So maybe, like, by asking her for a drink, which is like a, just a basic human need, right? Like, she'll have sympathy. She'll be like, okay, like, we can talk. And, you know, maybe that opens it up so it's not like this weird conversation, maybe a little, little icebreaker, maybe that's what he's thinking, you know. Or maybe he knew that this would be like a, rec- in, in the Bible, like a holy recorded text, right? And he just wanted that to sound like really like cool, you know, Jesus is all like mysterious and his, when he gives his stories and his parables, right, like he's, he's always got like some like little mystery kind of thing, go- twist going on, so maybe that's why, I, I don't know. You know, he's going to be like, man, this is awesome. When people read this like 100, 200,000 years from now, they're going to be like, man, that guy was cool, you know? But above all of these things, as what I really felt like as I was just, because I, I just kept, like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake that question of like, why did he say, give me a drink to this woman? And I, I prayed through like all of these things. Like I literally was going through like, each one of these, like, man, like, maybe that is why. I don't know. But I felt like after a while of, of just, like, praying about it, going through these reasons, I just felt like he was saying to me, lay your cards on the table and let's compare. Like, lay your cards on the table and let's compare. Like, that's what, and he's saying, like, give me a drink. He's like, let's see what, let's see what cards you got in your hand. Like, let's, like, you know, that, that's like his conversation that he's starting here. And like it, that, that really, like as he was kind of laying this on me, like it really broke me down because I felt like 
I felt like it was him exposing the things that I hold on to that are, are, are counterfeits. All right, like when he asked her for a drink, like he knows the cards that he's holding, right? Like, like that, that's pretty clear. He's holding those pocket aces, right? Like he, he's holding the, the living water that quenches every thirst forever. Or like he knows that. His, his, his water is the one that truly satisfies. That, that, that's the cards that he's got in his hand. But as he points out later, like he also knows the cards that this woman's holding. Or like he knows. That, that's the kicker. That's what she doesn't realize at this moment. But like, he already knows what she has been doing to quench her thirst. He already knows what she's been doing to, to feel fulfilled. And he knows that she's been repeatedly going back to the well. And I'm not talking the physical well. I'm talking the well of men that she's been going back to and drinking from. He already knows why she's there at the worst time of day to get a drink. She's there so that she wouldn't have to be around other people and have them judge her and shame her and, and look sideways at her because she's living with another dude. It's not her husband. He knows all that. And as he revealed to me, he knows why you're back at the well. He knows why we go there midday with the nasty warm water. That, that's, that's the hand that, that he, that's the game he's playing here. Is he, knows, he knows your cards. And while I was going through and like, you know, I felt him saying like, hey, cards on the table. Let, let, you know, let's, let's see the hands. Let, let's compare and see whose is better. But I also felt like he was saying in that moment like, all right, let's lay him down and see. And then he was saying, do you want to trade? Like, you want to trade hands? Like, you, you just, you know, we're going to set them out. You just give me, give me that pair of twos that you've been hanging on to, like hoping that it's going to hit, and I'll give you these pocket aces. Like, we'll just straight up trade, yeah. you know? You know, for all the nerds out there, you give me that, that Jigglypuff, I'll give you the holographic Charizard that you've been wanting. <laughs> it's a Pokemon reference, all right, for all the nerds. Yep. That's what he's offering, holographic Charizard. Sorry, I'd say, make a joke so I don't just like get up here and cry the whole time, you know? But when he's saying, give me a drink, like, that's what he's saying. He's saying, give me that, that counterfeit that you've been comforted by. You know, that, that counterfeit that keeps running dry. And I can give you that real thing that doesn't ever need a refill. You know, which, which is insane, right? Like, that is, nobody would turn down that deal, Right? Like, how many of you, let's see, anybody have a dollar on them? Don't you shake your head at me. I know, I gave you one. <laughs> Set this whole thing up. So, Micah, Micah's got a dollar on him. What if I was like, I was like, you know, next door, like, there's a vending machine. There's a vending machine here, and I'm just like, I could really use a Coke out of there. Really could use a Coke. But I don't have a dollar. Micah's got a dollar. But, uh, man, I've got, I've got this crisp hundo here. Like, Micah, all you have to do, just trade me. Trade me that dollar, because I, I need to go get a Coke. Trade me that dollar. <laughs> I 
oh, by the way, hey, that $100 bill, that's actually like a magical $100 bill. Every time you spend that, it's just going to like show back up in your pocket. Like that doesn't ever go away. Like that just, but I really, I really, you know, I'll take the dollar instead. You can just have that. Okay. Who in here would not take that deal? Like, you give me that smelly, dirty, old, nasty dollar, and I'll give you that crisp $100 bill that never runs out. Matt would take that deal. I don't blame you. That's a dang good deal, as Brad Pitt would say. That's a dang good deal. You would be insane to turn down that kind of deal, right? But even more insane would be me offering that deal. Mike, I'm going to need that $100 bill back, all right? Because that's crazy, right? (laughs) But by human standards, logically, there would not be anybody that would propose that deal to somebody, right? But Jesus did. Because he knows his purpose and his mission in this moment, right? Jesus waited by this well by himself. He let all the disciples go into town, you know, get food. They're tired from traveling too. He's like, you know, go, go in there. Like, you know, you guys can... You know, go have, have fun, like talk to people, you know, get some provisions, whatever you got to do. He's just going to chill, all right? He let them go. So obviously, he knows what he's doing, okay? He's, he is fully man, yet fully God, and he knows how this is going to play out. He knows that she's going to show up. So Jesus has been waiting at this specific well, at this specific time, because he is about his father's business, He's about his father's business. Man, I I want that to be said about every single person in this church. Like, Micah, that dude's just about his father's business, like, all the time. All the time. Just, that's what I want for all of us. But he's at the point in his ministry here where, you know, he's not really, like, operating incognito. Like, there there were times where he's, like, he'd heal somebody and be like, all right, but don't tell anybody I did that, right? Like, that's not really what he's doing here, okay? So he's at this point where he's, he's not, like, undercover. You know, it's, it's time where he's like, okay, it's, it's okay. People can know who I am and what I'm doing, all right? And look who he picks to spread the word in this town. He doesn't pick some high-up Jewish religious leader, Right? And why? Because you could pick somebody like that. But they don't, they don't have the faith. They're, they're content. They're comfortable with where they are. All these, these, these high-up religious leaders at the time, they've grown fond of their 613 laws that they've implemented because that gives them a, a sense of stability, right? It gave them the ability to judge everybody based on their works, keep everything confined into these boxes of what you should and shouldn't do. They're righteous in their own eyes. So, so in their eyes, like, they don't need him because they, they're self-righteous. But he chooses a woman who is a Samaritan. Not only is she a Samaritan, she is an outcast Samaritan, okay? Not only is she from a people group who is viewed as unclean, she is viewed as unclean by the unclean people, right? So, like, that's... Super unclean. Like, you are the unclean of the unclean. All right? 
But we know that Jesus came not only for the Jew, but also for the Gentile. See, he could have used a high-up Jewish leader to do what he did. But what influence would that man have had on any Samaritans? Right? We gave some backstory. We gave some context. He wouldn't have had any influence in Samaria, right? Like a Jew, especially a, a, a high-up religious leader going in there, who they've just been at odds forever. What influence would he have on them? It would fall on deaf ears. They wouldn't listen. But Jesus chooses to reveal himself to this lowly woman. If we continue reading in John 4, in verse 28, it says, So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. And if we continue down uh, into, later into verse 39, it says, Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony, which was, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. This woman, this Samaritan woman, this rejected person who is just broken and full of shame, she becomes Jesus' mouthpiece to this entire city. Jesus says to her, give me a drink. Cards on the table. Let's just straight up, let's just trade. My living water never runs out. You'll not ever thirst again. And her initial response, like when, when she says, yes, what did she say? She says, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Her initial response is coming from that place of, of shame and desperation. Like, please give me this water so I won't have to come back out here. Like, I'm sick of being humiliated. I'm sick of coming out here and having people look at me and, and shame me. Like, please just give me that. Like, it's coming from that place of, like, almost that, that selfish, like, comfort-seeking. She's just like, yeah, if I, can, if I can get that, that everlasting water, like, I won't have to deal with this anymore. But Jesus, Jesus is trying to get her to understand, like, who, who he truly is. That it's not just about the, the outcome of what, what I can give you, that it's about that, the, the relationship. It's about the full-blown trade. Okay. And worship, you guys can probably come back up here. Um, but he's trying to get her to understand like, who, who he truly is. And he's telling her, you know, I, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I see through the, the entire, the, the front that you're putting up. I, I see through it. I see the mess and the pain and the, the thirst that you have. So just, let's just trade. Just trade me. Give me a drink. What I have for you is better than what you've been living on up to this point. And she leaves her water jug and she went back to town to proclaim the name of Jesus. She becomes his mouthpiece. She becomes his, his megaphone, his evangelist to that entire town. 
Just by, just by proclaiming her testimony of, this guy just told me every single thing I ever done. And I am convinced that every single one of us, every single one of you, you have a, a city. You have a town. You have a people group that you can become that mouthpiece for, that you've been called to be that mouthpiece for. Like 100%, I believe that down to my core. That like, this is the perfect example of it doesn't matter who you are, you have been called to be his mouthpiece to certain people that Matt doesn't have access to, that I don't have access to. Like that is, is you have those people. Just as the, the, the high Jewish priest that would have fallen on deaf ears in Samaria. But through your testimony, my, my testimony might not mean anything to them. But through your testimony, there is meaning, there is, there is hope, there is the name of Jesus that finally might ring true in their ears. I believe that he, he is asking you for a drink. Give me a drink. I already know the cards in your hand, so just let's lay them on the table and trade. He's asking, will you leave that old water jar and be about your father's business? Because it says she left the jar, right? She left the jar. She didn't continue to fill the old jar with warm water from the well and then go back to the town. She wasn't like, oh, but just in case, actually, like, I should probably fill this thing up and take it back with me before I go back. No, she left the jar. She left it right there. You can't carry the living water mixed into the old warm water jar. That's not how any of this works. The, that old warm water jar must be left behind completely and replaced by his living water within you. And in verse 23 and 24, it says, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And that was, that was interesting to me. I looked into, like, I have a, I have a study Bible that, like, has notes on, like, every verse. And, and I went through and I was like, man, like, you know, I've heard, like, you know, we worship him in spirit and truth. We have a, a shirt that, uh, one of the OG shirts that says, you know, worship him in spirit and truth. But he is seeking true worshipers. And when I went through and it said in there, you know, God is the spirit, which he is the creator he is above all earthly physical beings. He's the only one that is worthy of praise. I said that in the Old Testament, because, because God is spirit, that meant that the Israelites weren't allowed to make idols in the form of anything, like all of the surrounding nations would. They would, they would make idols of animals and people and objects, like all, and, and they, would, they would bow down and, and worship those things. 
But the Jewish people didn't do that because one, one of God's original commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me. And also because God is spirit. So he is inherently above everything else that he has created. Right? Like why would you bow down and worship an idol of a cow when he made the cow and he made the gold that the idol was made with? You know, that just it, that doesn't that doesn't line up, doesn't make any sense because God is spirit. He's above it. So we worship him in spirit and truth, in the truth that he is the one true God and the only way to him is through his son, Jesus. So when we say we worship him in spirit and truth, like that's what we're talking about. We worship him in spirit and truth because God is spirit, he is above all, and there's only one way to get back to him. So, you know, today as, as, we, as we go back into, into worship and and you know, just get another opportunity to, to pour our adoration and our praise on him. I'm just going to ask you, you know, what, what are the idols that you're currently worshiping over him? Dude, because I, I mean, I can, start, I can start naming them for me. The things that he has created that I just give importance to over him, the creator. Which is crazy. Like when you think about that, that's like, that's crazier than me offering Micah the $100. That I would sit here and, and worship whatever, whether it's money, whether it's, it's fame, whether it's movie stars, whether it's sex, whether it's whatever. Like, that you would think about these things more frequently than you would think about your creator, the guy that made all of them. And my question is, and more so his question to me, was are you willing to lay those idols down? Are you willing to leave that water jar behind? Like, are you willing to engage with him when he asks you for a drink, when he says, give me a drink? Like, what is, what is your response to that? Because that's the only way that we can carry forward that living water is if we leave that old water jar behind. That's the only way that you can become the testimony of Jesus to your town is by carrying that living water within you and not trying to haul that old jug back with you. So if you, if you guys can stand, I mean, we're going to go, we're going to go back into worship. Um, man, I just want that to be, I just want that to be the, the cry of our heart this morning is that there would just be a, in each one of us, just a deep moment of reflection and cleansing of our souls because it's, it's, it's so easy to have, to have these things like just, just kind of build up and let them take for that first place, let them take precedence over everything else that we're doing. I mean, it can be stuff that's inherently good. It can be your job that just becomes such a focus that it's, it's, he gave you that job. He created the people that created that company. But if we can all just take that moment of, of reflection and cleansing and, and repentance if it's necessary, to say, God, 
I don't want to be carrying around this old warm water jar anymore. I just want your living water flowing through me. And I want your, your testimony in my life, the way that you saved me, the way that you told me everything I've ever done, to be the, the catalyst that sparks change in this town that I've been called to influence for your name. So let's worship and let's, man, just so convicted, just give him the honor that he is due that we've been neglecting. Just give him the honor. Give him the glory.